We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. 10 seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, guys? Jenna Garcia here. We have so much to catch up on here on the Chicken Nuggets podcast. Let's go. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we're officially in the regular season. We've played four games. The Nuggets are two and two. They've won two. They've lost two. We know a little bit about the team. I definitely was a bit uh, hesitant to record a podcast prior to releasing this team play real basketball. And I say that just because I see so many people... You know, throughout the course of the season, our my takes, our takes will change, right? The team will evolve. And during the preseason, throughout the preseason, and even early on in the regular season now, Coach Malone has been very clear to say like that the team that this team is now isn't the team it's going to be at Christmas or at the All-Star break or even headed into the playoffs. I really think we have a situation on our hands that is unlike any other season in Nuggets history, especially since Michael Malone has been the head coach. I think we can all agree that Michael Malone is the type of coach who wants his players to work hard. He's a little bit old school in a lot of ways. He doesn't always play his rookies right away, straight out the gate. He kind of wants them to earn it. Really, I think what he's looking for is all his players to earn it, to show that there's effort there, despite what where your skill level is at. That's why he likes players like Zeke Naji. That's why he likes players like Facundo Campazzo. Because you know what you're going to get with them. They're going to work hard at the very least. And he said that throughout the preseason. Um, he spoke to the phrase or the um, the catchphrase of the season being, don't talk about it, be about it. Which I think is hilarious because I definitely want to talk about it and not be about it (laughs) because uh as part of the media you know we talk about it we're not necessarily about it but he's referring to everything I guess in within his organization but specifically um the desire to win a championship the desire to win period uh, the desire to be a top 10 defense or a top 5 defense or get better at defense just in general, he's talked about, let's not talk about it, let's be about it. And to him, it came down to discipline. You know, let's be disciplined. If we're going to say we're going to go work out at 5 a.m. every day, let's complete the action that we agreed to say that we're going to do. Let's actually do it. Don't just talk about going to the gym at 5 a.m. Do it. And for Malone, that means, you know, not talking about getting to the corner, but actually getting to the corner. Not talking about getting back on defense, but actually getting back on defense. And we're going to do a lot of talking about it. That's just the nature of the media because we have 80-some games to cover and, you know, only so many topics to, to hit on. But I do think that that speaks a lot to 
this culture and to where this team is at right now because of the injuries. We've already seen Jamal Murray sit for a game. He sat for the Golden State Warriors game, which makes sense. That's where he got injured. Um, and it was also the first night of a back-to-back, so it just made sense so that he could play in the home opener. I think we're going to see Jamal sit on back-to-backs moving forward. That's what Malone has said. That's why I would believe that. he. I think I said this in the first podcast that I did of the season, that Malone said that he wanted to get the input of the players before making a decision or a plan for who's going to play when. And... I totally believe that, and I think the input that he got from both Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. has all seemed to kind of align with the things that those players have said to us. You know, we know Nikola wants to play as much as he can because that's in his contract. He said that during preseason. He said, yeah, I could come to the gym and say, no, I'm the two-time reigning MVP, and I don't want to play basketball today. But I don't because it's part of my contract to play basketball. I'm being paid to play basketball. Jamal Murray has sat out a couple of games here and there. We saw um, during early on, we saw Jamal kind of tweak his hamstring on the other leg that was not the same as his ACL. And that was cause for concern. And I think what we've heard, if you've kind of dug into the research and followed Jamal's journey and followed some of the stuff we've put out on Denver Stiffs even, Jamal's spoken to the mental side of the game being his biggest hurdle left ahead. And we're definitely going to talk about Jamal in the second segment and where he's at in that mental journey, at least from my perspective of watching each of his games and watching his progression. But we've seen him sit out. We've seen him take time. So I think that that's that's been part of the conversation with Coach Malone, and that's clearly been is part of the plan moving forward. And then you have Michael Porter Jr. who hasn't sat out. He actually specifically, it was reported that he specifically requested to play in all five preseason games because he didn't want to lose his rhythm. And now he's continued to play in all four regular season games so far. He looks very good. We're definitely going to talk about MPJ in the second segment. But before we talk about each individual player and kind of my early observations of this team as a whole in the second segment, let's talk about the schedule. Michael Malone has referred to the schedule several times, calling out that it's a very tough schedule and it is what it is and we're just going to have to push through it. And he's kind of the guy, the kind of coach that you're going to hear say things like, well, we're not going to make excuses except for he's already talked about how the schedule is really hard. So it's kind of making an excuse, but whatever. Ironically, before the season started, the Nuggets came, the the NBA put out everyone's schedule, and the Nuggets schedule was ranked as one of the easiest, if not the easiest schedule, due to the travel in the second half of the season um, being less and fewer back-to-backs, etc. in that part of the season. So far, the Nuggets have seen the Jazz, the Warriors, OKC, and Portland. Three of those teams being within the Northwest Division, Portland, OKC, and the Jazz. Denver has lost to two of those teams, and they almost lost to OKC. So let's not uh, get ahead of ourselves just too much there. Um, 
I think overall you got to be pleased with the Nuggets' ability to play against the Warriors. That was a tough spot for them. That definitely a revenge game for them. They definitely wanted to get back and win that game, show that they can compete with teams at that level, but then you see them struggle against teams like the Jazz, who were supposedly, prior to the season starting, everyone was saying, sell, 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 you know, not big on the Jazz, thinking they're going to be in a rebuilding year, and yet they have hella shooters, and they're killing the game. Three and one for the Utah Jazz. OKC, 0 for three, so definitely should be a team that the Nuggets beat, and they did. And then you have the Blazers, who are 4-0 and in um, the early part of this season and blazing right on through teams. Like, the Nuggets had one of their best shooting nights, and yet still Portland was able to outscore them. The third quarter by Anthony Simons, blowing up. Um, so as far as the early games go, I got to say, you know, Malone's goal for being a top-10 defense seems a bit far-fetched as of right now this Nuggets team has one of the highest turnover percentages right now and they're giving up at least 117 points in each game they gave up 117 to OKC yes they beat them but 117 points to a team that's 0-3 that's kind of crazy to think about they give up 123 to the Warriors 123 to Utah and 135 to Portland last night. So the dreams of being an outstanding defense are kind of looming on Michael Malone. However, I will say it doesn't feel that way when I'm watching the game. I see a lot of effort and a lot of hard work being put in out there on defense. I think a lot of teams have gotten better at shooting, and maybe that's something that we should consider when we're talking about this team but the Nuggets do have better defenders out there KCP looks really good Bruce Brown looks really good I would say they're weaker defenders in my opinion I I think um, Bones definitely still has some work to do on the defensive end they were going at Aaron Gordon a little bit last night in the Portland game but obviously he's one of the better defenders and he kind of learns through the game and figures it out um, but Nikola Jokic definitely has some space to grow as a defender still this season. And I think that's definitely one of the pieces that we're going to have to talk about in the second segment where we talk about Jamal and PJ. We definitely want to talk about Nikola Jokic as well. But like I've said a few times already, Malone has referenced how tough this schedule is going to be on the front end. They have the Lakers tomorrow, again, the Jazz on Friday, the Lakers at LA after that, then OKC, San Antonio here at home, and then San Antonio away, Indiana, Boston, Chicago, and New York, then two games at Dallas, Detroit, OKC, LA, Houston, two games in Houston to close out November. So just looking at that portion of the schedule, obviously Dallas is going to be a good game. Dallas is a good team. They're going to push and press on this Denver Nuggets team. I think there are some pretty good storylines with that Dallas team now that Facundo Campazzo is over there. But they've always been tough competition for the Nuggets. You have the LA, the Lakers, which are clearly imploding right now. So I don't know that those two games are going to be as tough as you might have expected it to be. But sometimes the Nuggets give up 
some of those games like tomorrow night being on ESPN. Sometimes it seems like at least that it happens to happen that way where big game, big spot, big opponent, everyone paying attention, all eyes on you and they can't close out a win. Hopefully that's not the case tomorrow night at home when the Nuggets take on the Lakers, but they will play OKC on NBA TV, then Boston on NBA TV, and then the Clippers on NBA TV. Of throughout the rest of November, through the rest of October and then all of November, I would say the toughest teams that they're going to face include the Clippers, who are going to be played on NBA TV, like I mentioned. The two games against Dallas, you got to look out for. The game against Boston, I actually think Indiana could be okay, pretty good competition. So um, I would say that game is, an, is a game that I would keep an eye out on. San Antonio's already surprised people. They seem to be playing well together, so that could be kind of a trap couple of games for the Nuggets that they might drop one of those and of course the Utah Jazz this Friday just because the Jazz have been so electric already and already served up a loss for the Nuggets once this season they could be coming in very confident in this game of course now they're gonna have to play here at Ball Arena instead of at home and it's not their home opener hopefully the Nuggets learn something from their first matchup against Utah already just because like I already I had mentioned, this is a division matchup, a division rivalry even. The Utah Jazz should not be better than this Denver Nuggets team. This Denver Nuggets team, if you're just reading roster names, is far more talented than that Utah Jazz team. Whether they're outworked by the Utah Jazz is another story. And I worry that that's going to be the story of the entire season. Will they work hard enough to outscore and outplay some of these teams we saw Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt really give it to the Nuggets in that first game against uh, the Jazz in Utah so hopefully the Nuggets come more prepared for this Friday night game but let's get into my early observations of our favorite players in the second second this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. All right, I'm going to run through the whole roster for you guys just in case we never see some of these guys play and try to say at least one nice thing about each of these players. But some of these guys you might never see actually working within the rotation for Michael Malone this season, and that is a Michael Malone go-to move. He's kind of a nine-player roster kind of guy. He uses the same guys and trusts the same guys throughout the season, it's very unlikely that he'll use rookies to play, although he's already using one quite frequently. He will actually, we'll actually talk about Christian Brown a little bit because he's actually been used. But we'll start off with Jack White. Nice guy. He thought he was the best shooter on the team early in the season. I guess they had some shooting competitions that he was leading in. Uh, I doubt we see any Jack White. Australian guy, really great accent. That was, that's my nice compliment. 
but I doubt we'll actually see him play. You also have Peyton Watson. I'd expect him to be a two-way player, head to the G League and get some minutes. This is a guy that the Nuggets want to develop, and you're going to want to see him playing on this team in the future for sure. But will he play on this team this season and actually get rotation minutes? I don't think so. Next up on my list, Colin Gillespie. Colin is no longer wearing his boot. He is out of the boot, which is great to see, and I'm super excited for him. Uh, I think the team is excited for him to be on his road to recovery, although I don't expect us to see him play any this year. Not on this Denver Nuggets roster, although he might go to the G League and get some rehab time in there. I will say I didn't get much interaction with Colin outside of media day and one interaction at training camp. And most people have said, especially Michael Malone, is a big Colin Gillespie fan. And I I think I've had a few people reach out to me via Instagram that I know um, saying, you know, he's a really good guy. And maybe he was just in a really bad mood. But one day at training camp... um, One of the other reporters, I won't say who, tried to kind of interact with Colin and make a joke with him, and he was just kind of rude back. So that's just my impression. Maybe he's not a fan of the media. I don't know. But everybody else talks really highly about him. Next on the list, Vlatko Chanchar. We've seen Vlatko year after year sit at the end of this bench. I don't know if they keep him on this team because he's a great practice player. I don't know if they keep him on this team because he's one of Nikola Jokic's best friends. I don't know if they keep him on this team because they actually think they're going to play him. But do I think he's actually going to get minutes this season? No, I don't. I don't think he's going to get minutes. I don't even know where he would fit in. Maybe they're going to try to like move him eventually and get something back for him. He's a very good player. He played very well in the Euro Cup this summer. So definitely could be playing somewhere. Not going to play for this Denver Nuggets roster. I just don't see it happening unless he takes a big, big step. Which is kind of interesting because in training camp, he was the pieces of camp that we got to see where he actually was playing. He was very good. He was hitting shots. He plays really good defense. Um, I'm not really sure why he hasn't broken into the rotation yet. That's a very interesting question. I'm going to follow up more on that. The next tier of guys is kind of fluid, but I will say there are like three guys I think are definitely in this tier. And this is the mm, maybe tier. (laughs) The mm, maybe they'll play. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe a few minutes here and there. This is a situational game-to-game basis. And that those three guys include Davon Reed, who got a few minutes last night, dropped a, a three last night in a moment when we needed it. Ish Smith, who has been very good in the games that he's played in. Obviously, he's a bit smaller. He's more of the kind of guard that's going to create his own shot, which is nice in certain situations, been effective in certain situations. But he reminds me a little bit of kind of our older guards, our guards that we've moved away from moving forward, including guys like Facundo Campazzo, although they play very different. Um, just size-wise, Ishmith hasn't gotten a lot of minutes since the regular season has started. And then Zeke Naji. Zeke was big-time news coming into the regular season. Preseason, all the hype was around Zeke. Even a few times in 
um, moments when Coach Malone was talking to us in preseason training camp, he was highlighting Zeke. Although I kept saying, at least within the reporters that were there, I kept saying to them and to myself, like the times that we got to watch them actually play, I didn't seek, see, I didn't seek, I didn't see Zeke do very many things that were outstanding to me or that stood out in the game. Um, there were a couple of things here and there. And yes, his size is definitely improved. He seems like he's finding more of his confidence. He's definitely growing into a man's body. So I would love to see him play more and continue to build that confidence, knock down some big shots. Coach Malone specifically talked about how Zeke's role is going to be very, very simple this year and that they're keeping it simple. They want him to defend and they want him to hit threes. And that's pretty much all they're asking him to do. Although we haven't seen him get a lot of minutes, I think the most he's played is like 10 minutes so far in the regular season, which is why he's in the maybe group. The next group of guys that I think um, should be talked about are kind of like your backup players, your second stringers. You got uh, DeAndre Jordan, who I think has been effective in the minutes that he's gotten. He hasn't played every game. He did get a DNP in one of these games, but Seems to be working really well with Bones, specifically. And I will say I noticed him really hyping MPJ up. So even if he's just sitting on the bench as a player who's in the ear of some of these younger players, DeAndre Jordan is a vet that you want talking to your your team. You want vocalizing some of the things that he's experienced. And at the very least, he's a good guy to have in the ear of MPJ, Bones Highland, guys who need you know to hear that they're doing a good job, and he's a, he's a great hype man. I've really enjoyed DeAndre Jordan coming to the team. He and Jeff Green clearly have a very good friendship, and that has brought some kind of energy to this team. I can't quite explain it, and, and maybe you have to be there and experience it to really you know, put a finger on it, but it definitely feels different in this uh, locker room, in the arena, within... The moments that we're around the team, it feels like they just really get along. Like they like each other. They're joking around a bit more. They have more of like an upbeat conversations with each other. A lot more jokes. Maybe that's just it. Maybe they're just like fooling around a lot more, but just seem to be happier overall. Jeff Green is also on this second stringers list. Uh, obviously, Jeff was here last year. He is a piece that was important to keep and as far as like cohesiveness, as far as bringing in new players. I think he's really been one of those glue guys. And he specifically spoke about his relationship with Nikola Jokic improving over this summer, that they've bonded over horse racing and their daughters. And so I guess Jeff's kids, Jeff's daughters also ride horses, which is why kind of how they were able to find that common ground. And while I don't necessarily think Jeff is going to play a ton of minutes this season. I do think he's great to have on the team and continuing to be a part of this. Uh, this group is important for Jeff to be there. The other two guys on this list are Brown and Brown. One, you want to say Braun, but it's Brown. I've been told and corrected it's Brown. So we have two Browns, Christian Brown, B-R-A-U-N, and Bruce Brown, B-R-O-W-N. So... Both of these guys, great defenders, great energy, great work ethic. I would say 
you've already gotten to see Bruce Brown is kind of this guy who's really, I would say probably like their sixth guy. And I kind of thought Bones was going to be the sixth man on this bench, but Bruce has already gotten a lot more playing time. He's an important piece of the puzzle because he is a very good defender. He is involved in every play on the floor. I just think he's been a very important part of this addition, the few additions that they team made in the offseason. Bruce already is playing a key role. He's getting minutes with the starters. Um, and then Christian also has had kind of a very fast upcoming. He played very few minutes in the, I think he only got like a minute in the Golden State game, but then OKC got a lot of minutes. Or maybe it was the, the Golden State game where MPJ did get into foul trouble, but there was one game where he only had a minute, and then the next game he played a lot more minutes because MPJ was in some foul trouble. Came in for MPJ. He's not knocking down every shot, and his three-point shot maybe looks a little bit rusty. It could use some improvement, but you got to remember, he's a rookie. He The more reps he gets, the better that shot's going to look. So I love that he's out there. I love the energy that he's bringing. I love the effort that he's playing with, uh, the defense that he adds for this team, because we already have guys who knock down shots. Yes, is it great that his shot will improve over time with more reps? 100%. So excited for Christian Brown, but really his role out there is to be one of the guys who doesn't necessarily shoot, who knows how to cut, who knows how to space the floor, and who's going to defend, which he's done so far. So I really think he's taking advantage of kind of the role that he has been given and put in, and it doesn't really matter to him that it's a defensive role. I think he likes that, and he knows what he has to do to get on the floor, and he's clearly doing it because... He's gotten a lot more minutes than some of the other guys. It's been surprising to me that he would get minutes ahead of some of the other guys, specifically Davon Reed. I thought Malone probably would go with his vet, with his older guy, the guy that he knows what he's going to get from him. But the fact that he's going with a rookie really says something about it, about Christian. And I think the last time I said that was when I was talking about Bones last year. So Good things to come, hopefully, from Christian. And that's kind of your second group, of course, headed up, led by Bones Highland, which one of the things that we've seen and I already commented on earlier in this podcast was that Bones still has some work to do. Let's not forget, while he's electric and exciting to watch on the offensive side of the ball, he's still got a few flaws on defense. And that's totally fine. That's something that he can work on during this season. And it seems like maybe he's already noticing that he needs to work on it a little bit. But he hasn't played great in every game, I'll say. And that's simply based on whether his three-pointers fall. It kind of seems like. It seems like when we think Bones has played really great, it's because he's hit a couple threes. And when we feel like Bones hasn't played very great, it's because he hasn't hit his threes. Let's hope that he adds more to his bag because uh, he's a great player. He's really fun to watch. I'm not very worried about him. Everybody in training camp was all Bones Highland. Like anybody you talked to had something positive to say about Bones Highland. And just in all of this offseason, you heard a lot of really positive things that he's been hooping all over the country, that he's a baller, that he's draining shots. Like I don't have a worry about Bones. I know he's going to find his rhythm. Let's give him a few more games. Then you have the starters. You got KCP, AG, Joker, Jamal, and MPJ. So you got the 
the initials crew, KCP, AG, MPJ, and Joker and Jamal. It's kind of a fun group. Let's start with KCP. He's an established veteran in this league. This isn't the first time that he's tried, had to move teams and figure out where he fits within the rotation. So I have no worries that he'll be able to do that. He has had some ups and downs in the season so far, at least on the offensive side of the ball. But I'm excited to see what he brings defensively. He's already been really essential on the defensive end uh, for this Denver Nuggets team. I would say even an improvement when you think about guys that we've had in the past. KCP has just a wide range. His arms are really long. He's got a wide reach. He can defend very well. He works very hard at defending even when his offense is off, which it has been a couple of games so far. Again, we've only played four games, which is why I didn't want to record until we had more time to really evaluate the team. Because I know if I say something like, oh, KCP's trash, he's not what he, what I'm expecting of him, which is not what I think, people are going to, you know, take that and run with it. And that's not what I think. I just see him struggling a little bit on the offensive side. But he has had a couple of good games. And what he brings defensively is all I was looking for, really. Because, again, we have enough offense. We have enough guys who create offense we don't necessarily need KCP to knock down all his shots, but when he does, it's even better. Like in the OKC game, Joker uh, mentioned post game that KCP is always in his spot. He's always where he's supposed to be, and that's why he's on the floor. So definitely excited about KCP now in the starting rotation. AG moves back to his kind of more comfortable position at the four. He's looked really good. He looked good last night against Portland. He had a ton of buckets. He played really hard, um, got lots of rebounds, was definitely kind of... Jeremy Grant seemed to be going at AG a little bit, and I don't know if there was like a little bit of animosity, like that used to be me, um, even though Jeremy Grant left the Nuggets to find a better suit for, you know, better team for what he was looking for. And... Um, Went to Detroit, and now he's in Portland. Portland looks really good, so I'm glad they have <laughs> Jeremy Grant and all, but he's still not a number one on that team, so I'm not sure how it's any different than what he was doing in his role here in Denver. But Aaron Gordon has been just a delight to kind of talk to this season. He's He spoke a little bit about how he is... Focusing on his mental health this season and trying to focus on, he mentioned going to therapy and just a morning mantra that he has and how he uses that to improve his game and to make sure that the energy around the team is positive. He spoke to how his energy can be, you know, all energy is contagious and how he wants to be part of that positive energy that's helping move this team in the direction that they want to go, which is a championship. Now, those two guys are the easy guys to talk about. The next three are the favorites, everyone's favorite players, Joker, Jamal, and MPJ. All three of these guys have struggled with injuries early in this season or through the offseason, I guess, for MPJ because he hasn't had anything flare up since. Um, 
MPJ looks really good. He hasn't had any flare-ups with his back, at least that we know of. Hopefully he's being honest with the training staff and really speaking about these injuries and kind of where he's at because I feel like last season he was playing through pain. And instead of mentioning that pain to the team, you know, he kept playing through it. And then we saw him go up for a dunk and his back just like, it just I don't even know if it gave out I don't know how you would describe it but it tensed up and he was out for the rest of that game and then the rest of several games so obviously it's precautionary it's normal for all of us to be worried about MPJ or unsure of what we're going to get from him but so far it's been so good and I'm scared of like leaning into it I'm scared of accepting that like I don't want to believe that this is what I'm going to get from MPJ every night because I'm scared that once it's taken from me I'll be sad again but I'm loving it so far nobody in the NBA has shot more threes and made more threes than MPJ except for Steph Curry so he's definitely making a name for himself good for him good for him and hopefully he has shown some maturity I thought he had demonstrated some maturity in his pressers with the media so far although those have been very few that I've gotten to see he's probably spoken at away games and things like that when I wasn't there but training camp we spoke to him just once and then since then I think in practices and stuff we haven't really spoke to him we've only spoken to some of the other guys so love what I'm seeing from MPJ so far so excited don't trying to tame my excitement for sure Joker and Jamal. Jamal has sat out. He's definitely taking it slow and precautionary. But what I will say is that every single game I have seen him more explosive and more himself. Last night versus Portland, he does a heat check. Like old school Jamal. Like as he's like running backwards down the court, shoots it in this dude's face and it drops from way back behind the line exciting to see him kind of getting back into his old form he had a lot of shots like that last night that didn't fall as well a lot of shots that looked like old school jamal driving through the lane pulling up didn't fall didn't fall a ton for him last night and that's what we're calling the rust right of being out for so long so far uh It's been a lot of days since Jamal's played full intense basketball. Not that he, I mean, yes, he's been playing since preseason and the regular season, but we just got to really be patient with him. And so far, I'm really pleased with the progress I see every single night. We're only seeing him for about 20 to high 20s, 25, 26 minutes a night, but Even in that time, we're seeing him really improve every single game. I see his intensity improve, his cutting, his lateral movements, side to side. Uh, His fear kind of in the first game of the season, I saw him under the basket. Someone was coming to cut through the lane and he kind of jumps out the way and, and kind of stiffens up his knee so that it's not in the way. And to me, that was a sign of, of... I've been injured before, right? I'm I'm nervous about my knee getting knocked while you run past me, so I'm jumping out of the way just in case. Precautionary. It's on his mind. I've seen that less and less every single game that he's played, which is exciting to see. 
I haven't seen the crowd at Ball Arena so hyped than when Jamal Murray stepped on the floor again. It was emotional for all of us. I definitely had goosebumps. It's just so exciting. I think Jamal is some so many people's favorite player on this team because of his personality, his I mean, he's a dog. He his ability to fight, his ability to get hot in certain games and just go off. There's so many reasons to love Jamal Murray and to love his game. And so the excitement that the arena felt that moment when they announced him that he was actually fully back for a regular season was so exciting, which is why we need to treat it with tender love and care, right? Like a little baby egg. We need to take care of it. And that's why I'm not even mad at Malone um, or Jamal for coming up with a schedule that's going to be best for him. I really think we approach this like a, a Kawhi situation and it needs to be a full season schedule. We already know a month from now, he's not playing in that back-to-back. Two months from now, he's definitely not playing in this game after five road games in a row. I definitely appreciate that there's rest built into Jamal's schedule this season. I think we need it. I would rather have a full season and playoffs with Jamal Murray playing half of the games than I would not getting to the playoffs because Jamal overly worked himself early on in games that don't matter, like two back, two games back-to-back against the Spurs um, or two games back-to-back against Dallas early in this calendar and then not have Jamal for the playoffs or potentially not even get to the playoffs or not have Jamal for part of the season because he's out for injury. I would rather not see Jamal for a third of the season's games because he's resting and healthy and see him for the other two thirds play great basketball than not see him for half the season due to injury. So I'm down with the take it slow. Let's ease into this plan. I know there's a lot of people out there who aren't, but long-term wise, you just gotta, you gotta think about it that way. And Let's get to the playoffs. This is a championship-level team, people. This is a championship-caliber team. When you read off the names on this roster, you expect this team to win, not to lose, to win. So, yes, we lost a couple of early games here so far, um, but I don't think that's the team that this team is going to be for the entire season, just like Malone said it. And, of course, Joker... I think the biggest concern and my earliest uh, observations on Joker really have to do more with um, his maturity and where he's at. In my opinion, his low, him taking less shots in a game isn't, it's not the same as it used to be. I used to feel like Joker would not take shots in a game to prove a point or because he was frustrated with the offense or because, um, He was frustrated with something else, maybe, even within himself or within just like the season existing him, his inability to be in Serbia all the time while playing in the NBA. But now it feels like his, you know, there have been a couple of games where he hasn't taken a lot of shots. Last night against Portland at halftime, I think he had only taken like one shot, uh, one bucket. So at that point or one or two. So it was... very few there have been a couple of those games so far in this season we've seen those games before I don't think it's a shocker to anybody anymore 
But what I will say is I feel like it's not a matter of him not being like an attitude or a frustration. I think it's a matter of him trying to get the rest of the team going. Seems like he's trying to make the right play. There were a lot of opportunities in the first half last night for him to take a shot, and he dished it to a wide-open Aaron Gordon under the basket. That's why AG had so many points last night. But at the same time, obviously, this team is better with Nikola Jokic taking a bit more shots, being a bit more aggressive. Yes, uh, I think that early in the first couple quarters, the first half, Nikola, maybe he does pass the ball more. Maybe he does pass up some shots because he wants to get the other guys going. I think that's important to lean on, making sure you're getting your shooters hot. You got MPJ, get the ball to him a couple of times, get it to KCP for a couple of drops, get it to Jamal, work the inside with Aaron Gordon. And then, you know, in the second half of the game when people are tired or shots aren't falling, you are able to work that two-man game, Joker, Jamal, Joker, AG, Bones, Joker. I mean, there's so many options when it comes to Joker that it's just, it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. I'm so excited for this NBA season, guys, and I hope you are too. These are just been my early observations of the team, but I'm excited to continue to be at every game, um, at least every home game, and then, of course, be at uh, the road games that I am going to be at this season and watching from home, covering this team full-time for you guys. So let me know what you think about the pod. Let me know what you think about the season so far, and let's go Nuggets. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.